Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including a whole lot of college basketball, a little NFL, some NBA, including a must-see TV doubleheader tonight that involves, I think, four of the top six teams in the association going head-to-head. -head. The Hurricanes are back on the ice on the road tonight. They are back home on Friday after a four-game road trip. You have a chance to sit in my four on-the-glass seats two weeks from today. You just have to enter what we call the Canes with DG contest today, February 11th, is the last day to enter. We have not only that grand prize, two weeks from tonight, it's Dallas visiting Carolina on the ice at PNC Arena. You could be in my seats if you're the grand prize winner. We have all sorts of other prizes that involve lower level tickets to other Canes home games. Tonight, actually, it's the Canes at the Dallas Stars. You can catch the return match in my seats if you're the winner. Go to Twitter, post a Canes-related photo, use the hashtag CanesWithDG. I am DG. I am a season ticket holder. I am a member of the sports media as well, but I love the Canes so much, I choose to spend money out of my own pocket and eat and drink and be merry with you, the people and hockey fans of North Carolina in the stands. Rather than taking my free seat up in the press box, just remember today is the last day to enter. Hashtag Canes with DG. If you entered earlier this season, dozens of you have already won lower level tickets to other games. Make sure your entry is still findable. Can't delete it and expect to win the grand prize drawing. Today is the last day to enter the grand prize. I'll give you other options if you're busy two weeks from tonight, but the grand prize is scheduled to be my four on the glass seats to that game as Dallas visits Carolina. I also tend to take folks out to dinner before the grand prize game, so it is a grand prize worth more than $1,000 when you add it all up. You and three friends, maybe you two friends, and I'll jump in to the quartet. It is one of our biggest prizes of the season in any context, of the year in any context here at the David Glenn Show. So if you have not entered and you are a Kaniac or a hockey fan, please be sure to enter on Twitter, hashtag CanesWithDG. Some of you are not on Twitter. You can always send me an email at dglenn at accsports.com. Use the hashtag, send me a photo that way of you or your kids or stormy with a selfie and you next to it or rod brindamore or a star player as long as it has a canes theme and it is a photo and you use that hashtag you have a chance to win college hoops today involves duke over florida state last night both teams i thought showed why they are among the best in the nation both teams actually managed to limit the other team's best guy Vernon Carey Jr. did not have his usual big numbers for the Blue Devils. Devin Vassell, who's a first-team All-ACC talent, as is Vernon Carey, did not go off for the Seminoles either. So the Stars were more modest versions of themselves. The Blue Devils got some great help off the bench. Jordan Goldwire from the starting lineup. Trey Jones, of course. He's gone back-to-back, -back, I think, against two of the other best point guards in the league. Cole Anthony at Carolina the other night. 
It was Trent. It was uh, Trent Forrest last night at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Seminoles fall to the Blue Devils, but both remain, of course, among that top three in the ACC. More on that game with your questions and comments. More on tonight's games with your questions and comments as well. Three ACC games of interest, among others, for all different reasons. NC State visits Syracuse. If you're not sure how the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee's minds work, that's okay. Most of us feel that way from time to time. One thing you'll need to appreciate is that they place a lot of weight on road wins against quality opponents. Now, you might not think of Syracuse as a dominating team right now, and they're not. They're not even on the right side of the NCAA Selection Committee bubble, if you will, or tournament bubble. But State is playing at a top 75 opponent in what they call the net rankings. The eyes of the committee are such that if you beat a top 75 opponent at their place, it is what they call a quad one win. Those are as good as it gets as a category. There are better quad one wins and lesser ones. But if you win at a top 75 opponent, you are getting a huge resume builder, perhaps bigger than your instincts might say, given that Syracuse is a good team but not a great team. That's the way the committee looks at it. As odd as it may sound, if Syracuse beats NC State tonight, it's just another nice win. But it's not a quad one victory. If the Wolfpack beats the Orange on the Orange's home court, yes, indeed, for NC State, it qualifies as a quad one win. Elsewhere here in our backyard, UNC visits Wake Forest. The Tar Heels annihilated the Deacons in this game in Winston-Salem last year. Obviously, the tables are turned in some senses. These are the bottom two teams in the overall standings right now in the ACC. They're near the bottom in the conference standings. They are at the bottom, tied, both 10 wins and 13 losses. UNC visits Wake Forest. Danny Manning is on his way to his fifth losing season in the last six years or his six years as the head coach at Wake. Carolina, you all know, at 10 and 13 are in jeopardy of becoming the first Roy Williams team ever dating to the 1970s when he was assisting Dean Smith in Chapel Hill. He has never been associated at the college level with a losing basketball team. The Heels are 10-13, and 13, and they still have to deal with UVA. They have to deal with Notre Dame. They have to go to Louisville. They have to go to Syracuse. They have to play the Wolfpack again. They have to play at Duke, remember, in the regular season finale. Not a lot of easy wins in there. So the Heels are likely to head to Greensboro in the ACC tournament with a losing record even at that point. But at 10-13, and 13, they, of course, are trying to get the taste of that Duke loss and that crushing Blue Devils comeback that just annihilated so many Tar Heel souls. It is Carolina at Wake. Both teams would love to win for different reasons and different important aspects of that matchup. I, today, at The Athletic Carolina, posted a breakdown of Roy Williams' now month-old comments about this being his, quote, least gifted UNC team. I broke it down. I went into the archives. I kind of picked over the details of all 17 of his UNC teams. I know some of you roll your eyes at the idea that he has a least gifted team, given that he has more prep All-Americans than most others. But 
He said it. I did the research. You can judge for yourself whether you, you're using recruiting rankings or just the good old-fashioned eyeball test or projected NBA draft picks, different measuring sticks. I used all of them. I talked to 10 different ACC coaches and asked their thoughts about Roy Williams' least gifted comments. Not only were they accurate in the eyes of those competing coaches, but should he have said it even if it was true? We get into a little bit of a lot of those things. That's at theathletic.com and The Athletic Carolina. We also posted today our new ACC basketball power rankings at accsports.com. Brian Geisinger with some fascinating details there, as always. The NC State versus the NCAA case took a turn yesterday. A lot of Wolfpack fans ask me, why doesn't State just lawyer up like UNC did in the AFAM case not long ago? Short answer, State is trying to do exactly that and lawyer up against the NCAA. The Tar Heels, of course, ended up getting off the hook with no sanctions in that ugly case of recent years. There are some similarities. There are some major differences. The State case, of course, stems mostly from Dennis Smith Jr. and the allegations that the former Wolfpack one-and-done star, along with his family, basically, took money from... Uh, a party that utilized NC State's coach or coaches in the basketball office to get that money from the shoe company to the Smith family. The NCAA's answer to NC State's earlier response was made public yesterday. It was filed back on February 7th. It is now public. The NCAA's 48-page response to the Wolfpack. Many of you have questions on that. I have a lot of background in both legal matters and NCAA compliance matters, so hopefully I can help you separate the fact from fiction that is often on message boards and elsewhere. Great guest today. Wes Moore is the NC State women's basketball coach and has that team ranked almost the highest it has been in the history of the program it has been 20 years since the Wolfpack was ranked number three in the women's poll in yesterday's new AP poll the Wolfpack of Westmore is up to number four they have lost only once in 23 games they have a huge matchup this week Westmore of NC State will drop by in about 60 minutes Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News will be our guest on all things NCAA basketball. He is a bracketologist. He knows Duke and Florida State and Louisville, their rosters well as the big three of the ACC. He, of course, follows the bubble teams too, not only NC State and Syracuse, as those two go head-to-head -to -head tonight, but Virginia and Notre Dame play each other this evening. UVA is on the right side of the bubble, barely. Uh, Notre Dame is outside that picture, but has been playing well lately, and the Fighting Irish still has... Uh, have NCAA tournament dreams, however small or unlikely they might be at this point. We'll get to some Major League Baseball, where as spring training is opening this week, the league is seriously considering, according to published reports, expanding and tweaking its playoff format. More teams, some buys, and even one wrinkle where the team that had such a great record in the regular season would get to pick its opponent in the opening round of the postseason. It is controversial. A lot of baseball fans do not like change. It is just a run up the flagpole 
off-season idea at this point, but we'll get into those things as well with your questions and comments. Wes Moore from NC State, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News on College Hoops, and given that he's covered it closely, he's uh, on his way, I believe, to cover the NC State-Syracuse basketball game tonight. That's up at the Carrier Dome. Joe Giglio, sports writer for the News and Observer of Raleigh, North Carolina. He knows the ACC, he knows hoops, and he's been covering with his colleagues, the NC State versus the NCAA case. My thoughts on that, your thoughts on that. We'll sprinkle in some Bob Knight, who visited Indiana's Assembly Hall for the first time since his firing in the year 2000. That actually happened this weekend. It was the best of the weekend for many of you. Question, what fractured sports relationship would you love to see repaired? That was one for Indiana basketball fans as the three-time national champion and one of the greatest of all time went from 20 years of staying away from IU because he was mad at a lot of things, including the details of his dismissal, to a reunion of sorts as Bob Knight is in failing health but was ultimately convinced to make that appearance at IU after his 20-year absence. What's the fractured sports relationship that you would love to see repaired with that Bob Knight story of the weekend in mind? We'll get to the college hoops, Duke over Florida State, tonight's matchups, and more. 1-800-849-2761. Three great guests later, you can join us right now by dialing 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. I'll bury the miss, but Stanley there to flush it. The sell for the tie. Wow. Osborne down the lane, scoops it up and in. FSU by two with eight and a half. In transition. Oh, Lenny in the tank for Wendell Moore. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Question of the day with Bob Knight's return to Indiana from the weekend in mind. That audio, of course, from Duke's win over Florida State last night. More of my thoughts on that with yours right now. Great guest later, Wes Moore from the NC State women's basketball team. The Wolfpack men are at Syracuse tonight in a huge matchup for both teams. Joe Giglio is going to drop by from the News and Observer to talk about a new twist in the NC State versus the NCAA case, stemming, of course, from Dennis Smith Jr. and allegations of his family getting paid money through Wolfpack basketball coaches to attend the university. Mike DeCourcy will drop by to talk the more traditional on-the-court college basketball. You can jump in on Duke over FSU, NC State at Syracuse, UNC visits Wake Forest, Notre Dame is at Virginia tonight as well, 1-800-849-2761. I will answer the Wolfpack fans' questions about what state should do, in my eyes, as a guy who's covered NCAA compliance for a long time. Put up a good fight is a start, and I think NC State is doing that in their own way. The Wolfpack attorneys are lawyering up, or the Wolfpack officials, I should say, are lawyering up, as the Tar Heels did, in ultimately wiggling off the hook in that AFAM case. It is a little bit more complicated in some areas for NC State when you just say lawyer up, and I'll get into that as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. The Bob Knight-inspired question of the day is this. What is the fractured sports relationship out there that you would love to see repaired? 
Now, nobody's going to tell you in Indiana, even though Bob Knight, 79 years old and in failing health, for the first time in 20 years, you talk about holding a grudge, folks. Keep in mind, administrators change at a university. The athletic director changes. The university president or chancellor changes. The person you're most mad at probably does not have his or her job anymore from 20 years ago when Bob Knight, who is described by some as one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, and I think that's correct, he's described by many others as a bully and a jerk a lot of the time. Not occasionally, but frequently. I think that is also an accurate description. If you want to live in the black and white world where somebody is almost all good or almost all bad, Bob Knight is not your guy because he disproves your theory. Can he be a very good guy? Can he quietly mentor young men in many good ways? Answer also, yes. And sometimes it's hard to believe that all of these qualities exist in the same person because it's too complicated and too nuanced and too hard to digest. Well, that's Bob Knight, seriously. He's all those good things, and he's some of those despicable things. Not a little bad, really, really bad. That's one of the reasons he lost his job for, among other things, abusive behavior as the three-time national champion head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. 20 years is a long time to hold a grudge. He returned to an IU basketball game this weekend at the urging of his former players, although they had begged him many other times to turn the page, to bury the hatchet, to go to Indiana, to do it for his former players, to do it for the good of the university community. Every single time, Bob Knight over 20 years said no, 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 no. And just as many of those who would call him a bully or a jerk or a bad guy, and others would call him a great basketball coach and in other ways a great mentor of young men, they would also agree his critics and, his, and those who praise him, he is a stubborn dude. There's no doubt about that. Everybody, Coach K had Bob Knight as one of his great mentors. K played at Army for Bob Knight, of course, before Bob Knight became the Indiana coach, and before Kay ultimately became first the Army coach, and then for these last 40 years, the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils here in our backyard. What is that fractured sports relationship you would love to see repaired? I use the word repaired there, even though the Bob Knight, Indiana thing is not fully healed and repaired. It's just not. If you read media accounts of what did happen, and in our backyard, I think of, among other things, Rashad McCants, personally attacked his former coach, Roy Williams, and I thought slandered him by suggesting that Roy Williams knew all the bad things that were happening with the AFAM scandal in Chapel Hill. That seems to be less of a crisis than what Bob Knight in Indiana went through for 20 years. Roy Williams has joined our show and said nice things about Rashad. Rashad's former teammates have joined our show since he said those things and said nice things about Rashad. He's still a member of the family. They still keep in touch with him, et cetera. But it is an example of a fractured relationship for sure. And a lot of those same guys that said McCants is still a member of the family will also say, we don't know what the heck he was doing. We don't know why he said what he said. We didn't see what he claims to have seen. And if you're going to take a shot at your former coach at that level of personal attack, shouldn't you provide some evidence behind what you're saying, which McCants repeatedly refused to do? Similarly, when NC State documentaries and history books have been written, do you know who repeatedly declines to even be interviewed for them? 
Herb Sendek, the guy who coached the Wolfpack not crazy long ago for 10 years. Remember the weird story, misses the NCAA tournament the first five years, makes it the next five years in a row. So 0 for 5 and then 5 for 5, but the negativity, the toxicity surrounding his relationship and even his family's relationship with Wolfpack Nation grew so bad that he just took the side door exit and took a job at Arizona State. That is a fractured sports relationship. Bob Knight will never fully bury the hatchet. Bob Knight, according to media reports, had the decision made for him by his wife. That is not talking out of school. Indiana's own former players said when they told, looked into Bob Knight's eyes this weekend and said, I love you, coach, and he looked back at them and said, I love you too, most of them believed that he had no idea which player he was talking to at the time. There have been other public reports, some of them criticized, although they apparently were absolutely accurate, that he has done speaking engagements in recent years where he kept losing his place, he kept making misstatements of fact, he would tell the same story several times, he would refer to one of his late, meaning deceased players, who was actually still alive. So he was, actually, he was confused. It's a sad story. He's dealing with some sort of mental impairment and it must have been sad, even as those Indiana players were joyous, that after 20 years, Bob Knight showed up at an Indiana basketball game this weekend. And the crowd went crazy. And you might have seen his little back and forth with Dick Vitale. Dickie V wanted to give him a hug. But Bob Knight was kind of, you know, the old trench fighter and didn't want any part of that hug. But he smiled and he had some fun with the fans and he started a defense chant and all that stuff. He is definitely mentally impaired. According to the Indiana players, his health was so bad that even though they finally said yes for a return to Indiana, they didn't know the day of the game whether he could follow through. Not that he would bail, but whether he'd be physically well enough to get there. If you saw the video, he's not that, he's not that stable physically, even as he is very impaired mentally. This is as close as it's going to get for a guy in declining health who turns 80 years old later this year after that 20-year absence of one of the greatest of all time and the university he led to three national championships. Think of how it's supposed to be. There was no such demise between legendary coach John Wooden and UCLA, right? There was no such demise between legendary coach Dean Smith revered to this second in Chapel Hill, including by one of his protégés, current Carolina coach Roy Williams. Revered is the right word. So it's not only not fractured, it's the opposite of that. The legend of Dean Smith, the memory of Dean Smith as a person, as a coach, is celebrated. And that's what we have most of the time, right? Whenever Coach K steps away, it is going to be a positive, beautiful, mutually beneficial relationship as he takes some non-basketball role at Duke University, which he and his family have called home for four decades. There's not going to be some kind of a horrible, disastrous, divisive ending that not only is a divide between the Knight family and Indiana in that case, it was a divide in the athletic department. It was a divide as Indiana basketball, through a series of coaches and successors to Bob Knight, were trying to get back to being nationally relevant. They haven't been that. And the divisive nature of Bob Knight's dismissal 20 years ago and then him refusing to cooperate even after president changed, athletic director changed, other decision makers were no longer there. He kept saying, I'm not going back to that place. He was that hurt 
that mad, that angry, that stubborn. The overwhelming majority of similar stories we have, it could be a pro franchise and a beloved coach, more so these colleges and universities and their beloved, in some cases, he put you on the map coaches. He led you to the national championship once or twice, or in Bob Knight's case, three times. What is that fractured sports relationship you would love to see repaired? It was under a weird set of circumstances, but in a sense, Bob Knight and Indiana finally buried the hatchet this weekend in the college basketball world. 1-800-849-2761. Bob is in the triangle and was actually a student at Indiana back when Bobby Knight was fired. Bob, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. Sure, yeah, thanks for putting me through. Sure. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, so I yeah I was there um, when they fired Bobby um, back in 1999, and that's when... Um, of course, Mike Davis took that his team to the national championship game, but it was uh, an experience. That was my freshman year of college, and and then that year they had gone to the national championship game under a different coach. But just the whole everything leading up to um, the firing of Bobby Knight, they did a whole piece on it. The last days of night, which yes, I yes, see, but ESPN's um, thirty for thirty. The last days of night dives into some of the nitty gritty. Yeah. It's it's really insightful because they do kind of show both sides. Uh, but And that's what I was telling when I called in. A lot of people outside of the Triangle, or I mean outside of Indiana, they don't – I don't think they have the same um, the, the same view of Bobby Knight as what living in Indiana, growing up in Indiana, like he was revered. Yeah. Um, he was, he was well-respected. And his players, even after – I mean, there was thousands of – like tens of thousands of students that um, – went to his final speech that he gave there in campus. And it was like, I mean, people were flipping over cars and rioting, you know, when they fired him because it was just like, they couldn't believe that. Um, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable that whole thing that happened. And I think now his legacy and how he's remembered, um, hopefully that's fixed a little bit that he's come back and able to kind of maybe amend some of that, that relationship. But um, just living in the triangle, when you hear people talk about Bobby, it seems like, they still refer to him as like a baby or, or somebody who chokes his players and those type of things. Well, to me, it's, it's an example of a cult of personality because the more passionate you are about something or somebody, the more willing you are to overlook even some really, really, really serious negatives because it's not like the choking thing was made up by somebody or fabricated or he said, she said. I mean, it happened, right? And there, there are, it's an amazing dichotomy because there were dozens of Bob Knight's former players there this weekend celebrating him, and some of them have been quoted talking about how abusive he was, right? So I think one of the reasons the conversation is different in Indiana than it is maybe in 49 other states is that outsiders can be more objective, and I can call Bob Knight a bully and a jerk on a regular basis. I mean, toward his own players, toward the fans sometimes, toward the media regularly, and still say he was one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. Why? I'm at arm's length. I've interviewed Bob Knight a long time ago, but I don't have any personal attachment to him. I can see both the good and the bad. If you're turning over cars because the guy got fired and you were really educated about what he was all about, the good and the bad – I don't. I think only if you're in that cult of personality are you blind to the negatives. I've, I've said this many times in many contexts. The whole cult of personality 
among human beings scares the bejesus out of me. It scares me in sports, scares me in politics, scares me in society. Like, I would not be turning over cars when I knew that former Indiana basketball players had talked about, I'm not kidding now, like having the clipboard broken over their head when Bob Knight was frustrated. Now, we've all seen video of him throwing the folding chair across the court when he was upset at the officials. That's the famous part. But players have written books in which they say, Bob Knight, to get his message across, and I know times have changed, but I grew up with some of the, some really, really archaic caveman-style coaching techniques. I never encountered this. There are players who have written that to get his message across, Bob Knight would grab and squeeze their testicles repeatedly. So you got him caught on tape choking somebody. You got an inner, you've got and completely unacceptable. This is a basketball coach. This is one of the public faces of your university. You can't hear something said by a fan and then get into a confrontation with that fan. Bob Knight's always been ornery. He's always been impatient. He's always been stubborn. He's always had some bully and jerk in him. And yes, I could tell stories about the good side of Bob Knight. And I could tell stories of his former players writing nice things in books involving Bob Knight. But it is such a mixed bag that I think you almost have to be blind to reality. Wow. I'm going to celebrate these good things about this guy, but I'm going to pretend all that other stuff didn't happen. That scares the heck out of me. It really does. And I can admire Bob Knight as a basketball coach in some ways, but I can also accurately describe him as a bully and a jerk. And I don't even have fun bringing those things up after what was a happy weekend. You've got a guy who wasn't even sure who his own players were. That's how much in mental decline he is. But he was there. To a degree, they buried the hatchet after a 20-year absence, and a whole lot of Indiana basketball fans got to feel a way that they had not felt in two decades. More good than bad, but the cult of personality thing, I just don't get it. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. I've said for many years, I am so glad that Mike Krzyzewski took many of Bob Knight's better qualities while mostly avoiding many of his mentors' worst qualities. Coach K is a byproduct of the Bob Knight family coaching tree. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of similarities, but I, th- I am thankful as somebody who's been interviewing Coach K since 1987. I am really, really glad that he is not just some cookie-cutter disciple of Bob Knight because that came with a lot of abuse, emotionally, physically, and otherwise. And clearly, Coach K has proven that you can win even bigger than Bob Knight won more victories more NCAA titles more a lot of things without being the worst of what Bob Knight had to offer 1-800-849-2761 what is that fractured sports relationship you would love to see repaired there are others out there I'd say nine times out of ten I mean we still love Dave Odom and Jim Grobe formerly of Wake Forest basketball and football if you asked them, were you thrilled with the way things ended in Winston-Salem and they gave you a truth serum answer, it's no, I was not. With the benefit of years passing and decades passing, I've digested this, I accept that. I still love Wake Forest. I can still consider it one of my homes. I still root for the Demon Deacons. Those guys have given those answers on our show. But in the moment, did they like the details behind how they were dismissed? 
they both took the Deeks to really, really high heights at a school where it's hard to win. Anybody noticed how much they've been winning lately in basketball, for example? One NCAA tournament bid in the last 10 years at this point. Danny Manning losing seasons five of the last six. Dave Odom took the Deeks in basketball to great places. Jim Grobe took them all the way to the ACC title in football and turned down other lucrative jobs just to stay in Winston-Salem. And then there came a time where they were shown the door where Dave Odom kind of beat the angry mob and took a job at South Carolina before Wake had to fire him. That would have been even more hurtful. Would they describe those as perfect endings? They would not. But are they fractured relationships? Anything like Bob Knight staying away from Indiana entirely for 20 years despite repeated invitations to go there, in, including honoring some of his former teams and former players. He actually went into the Indiana Sports Hall of Fame, the IU Sports Hall of Fame, and did not show up. He was one of the inductees. He was perfectly capable of getting there. This grudge extended that far, at least until this weekend, when he showed up at Assembly Hall for that first game in 20 years. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls on the other side. What did I make of Duke's win over Florida State? Coach K was effusive with his praise for his Blue Devils, and I think I understand the nature of why, although he said to all of us, I wish you all could feel what I feel about these guys right now. More on Duke over Florida State in a battle of top 10 teams nationally. Wes Moore of NC State's women's basketball program drops by in about 35 minutes. Mike DeCourcy on college hoops, including NC State's trip to Syracuse tonight, UNC at Wake Forest, Notre Dame at Virginia. And Joe Giglio is going to drop by from the News and Observer. He had uh, one of the articles on the new twist in the NC State versus the NCAA case. Dennis Smith Jr. and former Wolfpack assistant coach Orlando Early are among the central figures to the pay-for-play scheme that got the Wolfpack in trouble and has that case kind of coming down the stretch. There could be a meeting as early as maybe the end of this month, more likely probably next month, with the Committee on Infractions. The NCAA kind of smacked down the Wolfpack's response to the initial allegations, so it's not like the NCAA is budging. Doesn't sound like the Wolfpack is going to budge either. We'll get an update on that case when Joe Giglio joins us in hour number three. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. A lot of college hoops, a Playoff format proposal that would change the future of Major League Baseball. That came down the pike over the last 24 hours and has a lot of traditionalists very upset. The Canes are back on the ice tonight, and today is the last day you can enter the Canes with DG contest. Please do so at Twitter using that hashtag, Canes with DG. You might end up in my on-the-glass seats two weeks from tonight. 1-800-849-2761. Three great guests later. More of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, <laughs> 80, <laughs> the original Death Valley, <laughs> you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Matt and Raleigh has another good answer to the question of the day. I have more thoughts than so do you on Duke's win over Florida State. Major League Baseball has proposed, or is considering, I should say, a major change to its postseason. 
Some traditionalists are upset as pitchers and catchers report this week. Full squads next week in 2020 style baseball. What is that fractured sports relationship you'd love to see repaired? It is certainly not healed entirely, but after a 20 year absence, legendary Indiana basketball coach Bob Knight at 79 years old and in failing health and who knows how many opportunities there would or would not have been for any sort of reunion after he turned down every offer for those two decades after his firing in the year 2000 for various forms of abusive behavior. There was finally that reunion. There were tears in a lot of fans and former players eyes. Not perfect, but a huge step in a direction that some thought they would never see. With that reunion in mind, what's the fractured sports relationship you'd love to see repaired? You can tell us at 1-800-849-2761. Most legends end up with positive relationships with their pro franchises or their colleges or universities. As we go to Matt and Raleigh, since he has a fractured baseball relationship on his mind, keep this in mind. Baseball protects the idea of the meaningful nature of the regular season more than any other sport that we follow. Rule of thumb, most of the sports that we follow, the major sports, half the teams get into the playoffs. So in other words, roughly, NBA has 30 teams. How many teams make the postseason? 16, just a little bit more than half. NHL has 31 teams. How many teams make the playoffs? 16. So just a shade more than half as well. Maybe you're an MLS, Major League Soccer fan. I know it's growing, but for now it has 26 teams. 14, little more than half, make the playoffs. And you know what the question is, well, how is it watered down so much that sometimes you get into the playoffs with a losing record? How is it watered down so much that you can be below the median in your own league and still make the postseason? And other people see the upside, right? You could be the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference in hockey and still be a pretty good team and maybe even a threat to win the Stanley Cup. And TV money, of course, more extended playoffs, one of the biggest reasons that leagues and commissioners and team owners vote in favor of more expansive playoffs. Sometimes it's not a philosophical thing. We all know that it's more often a dollar-driven thing than a philosophy-driven thing. The NFL is a little more protective. 32 teams, 12 make the playoffs under the current format. Baseball's the most protective. 30 teams, only 10 make the playoffs. It, this proposal would change it to 14 out of 30, so still less than half, but also includes first-round buys for the number one teams in the AL and NL, and other teams with the best records. I will be shocked if this part passes. I'm way past shock when any league expands its playoffs. Again, money, TV dollars, more exposure, do or die trends to bit, tends to bring in more eyeballs, et cetera. One part of the proposal, if it goes to 14 of 30, it won't surprise me at all. One part is that the higher-ranked postseason baseball team would get to select its opponent from among the lower-ranked teams. I am not aware of that existing anywhere in the major sports world right now. You can see the bulletin board material that would clearly be... You want a disrespect card? Hey, guys, they chose to play us rather than it simply being an assigned seed of something like that. I mean, that is a dynamic. I don't think the more successful teams want. Theoretically, they pick a lesser opponent, right? I'm not sure that that, that is not outweighed by, well, now they have us in their crosshairs, personally offended, how dare they go out of their way 
to pick us as their opponent. Matt is in Raleigh. Go right ahead. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. What do you think of that baseball playoff proposal? You in or out? Uh, I actually haven't looked that much into it. All I really was, uh, other than hearing your take on it just now, that's the uh, first time I'm hearing of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's still in process. So go ahead on your fractured sports relationship. I'd say uh, Pete Rose. I know that's the easy, you know, answer. That's slow-hanging fruit. Everyone's had a take on that. But I think he's paid his dues. I think uh, in light of maybe some of the other stuff that's happened in baseball over the last few years, I think his crimes are – I'm not saying they're good. I certainly right, don't have right. gambling on, on, on baseball. But I'd say that his crimes are maybe not lighter, but at least kind of on par. So I think his contributions to the game have kind of outweighed. And I think the fact that he stayed so involved over the years, you know, watching A-Rod, you know, learn – take hitting lessons from him was pretty cool. It's, it's just – I think he's uh, he's paid his dues, and it'd be nice to see him get the honor he deserves, you know, all-time hit leader. It's interesting. Pete Rose has done most of what he can do, right, after years of lying about it. Lie after lie after lie after lie, Lance Armstrong style. He finally did admit it, and that was a step in the right direction, right? Uh, he still hangs around Vegas a lot, and that's not helpful. But whereas the Bob Knight-Indiana fracture – was entirely on Bob Knight. I mean, Indiana bent over backwards so many times. Sports Hall of Fame, you know, the the honoring his former teams. They they changed every decision maker. They really kowtowed to Bob Knight to a great degree. So it was all in Bob Knight's court, if you will. This is more in baseball's court. Pete Rose has done most of what he can do. Is there one or two things he could tweak to make him an even more sympathetic figure? Probably. But he's done most of what he can do. So it's really Rob Manfred, baseball commissioner, and the other decision makers there. With Bob Knight, it, was, it has been a Bob Knight issue for the entirety of the last 20 years. It was not Indiana-driven at all. This is more of a mixed bag, but at this point, it is definitely more in baseball's court than it is in Pete Rose's court. I'll give you more of my thoughts on that one. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Duke over Florida State, NC State at Syracuse, Tar Heels at Wake Forest, NC State versus the NCAA. That case took a new twist yesterday. Joe Giglio later, Mike DeCourcy later, Wes Moore of the number four in the nation, NC State women, will join us in less than 30 minutes. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show more on duke's win over florida state state's trip to syracuse carolina headed to wake forest mike DeCourcy in 35 minutes wes moore women's coach at nc state in about 20 minutes joe giglio later Giglio later as well you can be next at 1-800-849-2761 megan rapino is joining us on the david glenn show not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show.